I'm doing the work. I'm not a slacker. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 101. I'm Brian Sheely. I'm Ryan Joy. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. 101 kind of feels educational in some way. I don't know. (laughs) That's kind of a basic subject. Yes. Establishing priorities. Yes. We are going to be talking here on the episode about establishing priorities. We're continuing our conversation about dedication. I think this is probably one of the most practical conversations that we could have right about now, because I think every one of our priorities has just been flipped upside down over the last year. I think a lot of us have really had to rethink our priorities, don't you think? Uh, Yeah. If we thought we had everything in order, it all gets jumbled up in the wash right now, and, and it's taking some intentionality to try to make sure we're on track with where we need to be. Yeah, in our job, even right now, we're trying to maintain some sense of normalcy. But we always, every week, sit down as a team and talk through all the things that we have to do, everything that's on our plate. And one thing that we always say is that if everything is a priority, nothing is. And we're always trying to figure out, like, what's the next thing that we're going to work on? What are we going to focus on for our next delivery? If everything on that list that we're keeping track of was so important, then nothing really is important. And that fits into my day-to-day life, too. Sometimes the broken sprinkler system is just going to have to wait for me to sit down with my daughter and have an important conversation with her or whatever it is that takes priority. We have to juggle those things all the time, I think. I love that saying, if everything's a priority, nothing is. It's like the Steve Jobs focus is about saying no. Yeah. You say (laughs) no to so many things or your yes doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. The yes that you say needs to have power behind it because you have the space to really do the thing that you're committing to. So let's get into our first segment here on the episode. And that is like the teacher. And as we always do, we're going to Jesus and finding a story where he exemplifies establishing priorities. And I think we see that here in today's story of Mary and Martha. Oh, it's a classic. (laughs) And Jesus is coming into the village where Martha welcomes him into her house. This is Lazarus's sister, but also Mary's sister. And Mary sits down at the Lord's feet and listens to his teaching. (laughs) And the problem is that Martha is working hard to take care of everybody. You know, everywhere Jesus goes, he brings uh, around his 12 best friends, right? (laughs) And so now you have this huge crowd of people that she has to feed. And the word that Luke uses to describe her serving is that she is distracted with all of her serving. So the serving is good, but we can get distracted not from serving, but with our serving, distracted from something else that's actually more important. And, and so she went up and she says to Jesus, don't you care? Don't you even care that my sister is letting me do all the work? And then she gives Jesus some direction, which is always kind of <laughs> dangerous. She says, you tell her to help me. I could just hear this so well. Yeah. <laughs> you tell her to get over here and help me. And then you can just see her just sitting there with her fist under her chin, tapping her foot, waiting for Jesus to do what, of course, he needs to do. But he says, Martha, Martha. <laughs> Anytime the Lord 
says your name twice. You You're really, in may, yeah, <laughs> something may have gone wrong. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. That's from Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. And what do you find in this story that we should draw out of it? I think that we see Martha as a significant part of the story here, maybe the main part of the story. But I think really the story is about Mary in a, in a sense, because mm-hmm. she's the one who's chosen the good thing. She's the model exemplar kind of in this story. And Martha is the one who's off track. But we need to expect criticism for making better choices. It was Mary who made the better choice. She chose the good portion. But on paper, like sitting quietly and listening doesn't really seem very productive. Whereas rushing around, trying to make dinner and showing hospitality and doing all of these things that Martha is doing, like it really seems like she's accomplishing something. But I feel like it's harder to justify slowing down and focusing on something rather than just adding more and doing more and accomplishing more. Like we often place a lot of value on doing more. But the fact that Mary is doing less, but doing better by doing less is important for me to notice. But if I decide to do that, if I'm one of these people who don't burn the candle from both end, I am going to have people who might be considered these quote unquote super producers, these super active people who look at me and say, you're not doing enough. And that's what Martha is doing for Mary here. She's kind of berating her really for just sitting there like you're lazy you, you're slothful like you're not helping me you're just sitting there there are so many better things that i can be doing that don't look like super out there active type a personality kinds of things like sitting with my family and spending quality time with them talking one-on-one with a friend or just dropping all of my plans together to help somebody who needs me in a moment of their need. These kinds of things that we can do that are important, that are significant, but it's not as out there and showy as maybe some other people would be doing. And maybe they'll look at us and criticize us for just doing nothing or doing less than they are. And so maybe just ask myself the question, what would Mary do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> WWMD. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, it is amazing how busyness becomes this badge of honor mm-hmm. in our culture. I, I'm so busy. I don't even sleep anymore. I'm doing so much. I can't even find time to pray. I'm so busy. I, I don't even read my Bible anymore. I'm so busy. You right. know? My wife hasn't seen me in three days. You know? <laughs> wow, that's great, man. You, you must be really important. But your life is going to fall apart and your faith is going to fall apart. And boy, we better stop and remember Jesus' statement. What is the good portion, mm-hmm. the thing that won't be taken away, the thing that's actually going to last longer than this meal that you're going to put in our bellies, Martha? I like your question about what is better. And I think part of that that you can see here is what is it time for now? Oh, yeah. Even Mary, of course, couldn't spend her whole life at Jesus' feet listening to his teaching, and nor should she. She had responsibilities to others. She had work to do. So a part of the issue here was What was it time for? And Martha missed that when Jesus sits down to teach, she should choose to learn from him. That's the good thing to do in that moment. And I I really find comfort in the fact that 
like you said, Mary's the hero here, that Mary gets validated for her choice because it's easy for me to feel like maybe I'm too much of a dreamer (laughs) because whenever you're just wanting to pray and you're wanting to sing songs and be together, talking to each other and that kind of thing. And of course, there is work to be done. There are needs that need filled. There are people that need to be tended to and obviously bills that need paid and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But I just think that it's cool (laughs) that Martha is not the one in this particular story that gets the praise from Jesus. There's this song that says, I'd love to live on a mountaintop and be fellowshipping with the Lord. But I must come down from the mountaintop to the people in the valley below. They'll Mm -hmm. never know that they can go to the mountain of the Lord. And so I think it's a good question. What is it time for now? Is it time to work? Is it time to pay the bills? Is it time to change a diaper? Is it time to connect with other people? Or is it time to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him and spend time with the one that really is, is going to replenish us so that we can keep going back to that work of serving? If you don't make time for that part, I just don't know how you can do all the rest in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, and I think in life, there are obviously seasons that we go through, seasons maybe of more busyness than others. And maybe a lot of us have been experiencing a different kind of season over the last year with everything that's been going on. But I think it's important for us, like you're saying here, what is it time for now? And really being thoughtful about that, because you could just give some kind of like blanket this is always the good thing to do, or this is always the right thing to do. But like you were saying about Mary, like she shouldn't be sitting there all the time at Mm -hmm. Jesus' feet. I mean, there is a time for her to actually get up and go do something else. And we need to have the discernment, I think, and the wisdom to know what is it the season for, kind of like Solomon talked about. It's really Mm. just this, this thoughtfulness about what is this moment calling for? And Sure, it would be super easy for me to just give you like the four-point bullet list of all the important priorities you should have, but your priorities are going to change throughout the day, throughout the month, throughout the year. I mean, they're they're going to change and shift, and you just need to be expecting that and welcoming in whatever it is that's coming your way, I think. Yeah, a life changes, a marriage changes, everything's always changing, and you have to do the work of keeping up with ordering your life again, like we started talking about whenever everything, whenever a global pandemic hits, you got (laughs) to figure out how do I do my life now? How do we do our family now? How do we do the work of the church now? And all these things. And as things shift, you do need that mountaintop time to spend with the Lord, learning from him and praying and thinking big picture about, hey, where is my life getting out of sorts? That just can't happen in the throes of the day and the throes of working, you have to figure out, yeah, are my priorities still in line? And for sure, we see that with Jesus. I mean, he balanced all that perfectly, being alone, going and praying, and then just jumping right into the middle of big busyness and then finding quiet moments to be more intimate with some of his disciples. I mean, he just, he expertly handled all those situations. And I think we could take a lesson from him. So that was like the teacher. And so let's get into our second segment here on the episode. And that is top four Proverbs. One, two, three, four. Ah, ah, ah. So here we are talking about establishing priorities. We talked about going back to the wisdom of Solomon a second ago. Let's go to the Proverbs and find out some more wisdom on this subject of priorities. And so the first proverb we're going to get into is mine. And that's from Proverbs 4, verses 25 through 27. And it says, 
Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I love this. And it's not exactly talking about a specific priority, but it's just generally telling us to prioritize the path of our feet. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. And the Bible often talks about aimlessness and swerving or being tossed around to and fro. And sometimes I feel that deep in my bones. (laughs) Like I've lost control Like I'm almost dizzy from just spinning in circles with the way that my life is just going here and there. And I don't feel like I'm behind the driver's seat anymore. But the reminder here is just to keep my focus on where my next step will be. Even if life is crazy and things are up in the air, I can figure out what my next step is. And like that movie, What About Bob? I don't know. He he takes (laughs) baby steps to the door and baby Baby steps steps down the stairs. (laughs) Baby steps to the bus stop. It's like, it's okay. And it's good for us to have these grand plans. But I think if that takes our focus away from what we're doing right now and what that best decision is right now, then maybe that's not very helpful. I think it's good to balance those two things. Yeah, yeah. You have to work it out as you're taking each day's step. As you're doing the work, as Bob says, and what about Bob? I'm doing the work. I'm not a slacker. (laughs) Baby step into the door. Well, and when everything feels out of control, it's not to say that you just have no control. You do have control still, and you can control what your next step is going to be. And so just keeping that in mind as you start to feel like you might be veering off course, you've got the wheel. Just make the correction. Exactly. So proverb number two. All right. It's Proverbs 11, verse 25. It says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. I don't know how I've read through Proverbs many times, but I don't remember this one ever sticking with me. I don't either. Right now, it feels like so powerful and genius and important. Seek first to bless and then you'll find the blessing. Seek first to water the roots of others' lives so that they're nourished. And then you'll find the nourishment that you need. It's like that one of the seven habits of highly effective people (laughs) is from Stephen Covey is to seek first to understand and then seek to be understood. It's part of just building a proper emotional intelligence, I think. But it's also part of following Christ, that you're living from love. and so you realize that if you want anybody to listen to what you have to say, if they're stuck in what they're thinking and not feeling like anybody's listening to them and like they're speaking into the void with their words. Bueller. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot to ask for them to just hear everything you're saying and start to, to internalize your perspective. But if you seek to understand and they feel like they've been gotten, so to speak, then all of a sudden... There's an opening that tends to happen for you to share. And it doesn't have to be a clashing of fists. It can be a meeting of minds. And that goes for so many other aspects of our life. You get what you give. There's a perspective on church life that has to do with kind of the consumer mindset that we bring to it, where, where people are just 
thinking all the time about what I wanted. Who's going to call me? You know, when am I going to get to teach the class? And of course, we want to look out for everybody. And if there's a need, speak up. But remember, it's not all about you. In fact, prioritize the other person, just like Jesus did. It wasn't for himself. He went to the cross. Prioritize the other person and then be lifted up. I think this is super important because as you start thinking about establishing priorities, it it really almost becomes this like inward focused activity where we just start looking at like, how can I be happier? How can I enrich my life? How can I be better and more fulfilled and all that? There's a tendency there just to start inwardly just kind of building a cocoon around ourselves to where we isolate ourselves from the world and it becomes all about us. But I love this. This totally like breaks open the cocoon and it's like, it's all about what you do for other people. And that is exactly what we see Jesus doing. And you talked about love. It's that agape kind of love that's self-sacrificial, that it's not about what, what can someone do for me? It's like, it's always about what can I do for other people? How can I be a blessing to other people? How can I water someone else? And I love this. I think this is exactly what I need to hear right now. And I can't believe that this never crossed my mind when I was thinking about this topic of priorities because my first priority needs to be for other people and to serve them and to be a peacemaker and all the things that we see in Jesus' teaching is a super good reminder. Yeah, it's an axiom. It's it's just like a rule of the way God designed the universe to work. And if we start to get that this isn't just advice for how to be more moral, he's telling you how to get the result you want. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, whoever would save his life must lose his life. He's telling you how to have your life. Of course, you're not doing it constantly thinking, okay, that didn't work because I didn't get it back right away. Right. You're defeating the purpose if you do it that way. But over time, you find this to be just the simple truth. It's as your dad used to say about some of these things in the Bible, it's testable. Oh, it is for sure. And you may not see the results right away, but they may come down the road in ways you never expected. And I can definitely see that in my own life. All right. So the third proverb here is from Proverbs 22, verse six. And that says to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Alan Greeley and I have talked a lot. And one of the things he always encourages me is how our children are probably the most fertile field that we will ever experience in our life. We could probably travel the world and teach the gospel to all kinds of third world countries and people who never heard about the Bible, and we might have success there. But we have the most influence in our homes, and that is something that I constantly try to remind myself about. And this particular verse is kind of controversial because a lot of people probably look around like all of us probably do, and have examples in mind of people who were trained up as a child in the way that they should go, and they did depart from it. I don't think Solomon is giving us this wisdom here as an absolute truth, but this is a general truth, and it really is hard to argue against. Of course, they're going to make their own decisions, they're going to have their own will, but you're giving them the best shot you possibly can by training them up as a young person. And honestly, I can do better at this. I'm not the best father in the whole world. I'm not going to win any awards. And I've probably let too many opportunities to teach my daughter about God go by the wayside. But I think there's an opportunity to make spiritual discussions not feel so much like a chore 
but just weaving that into the fabric of our lives. And there was some conversations on our Facebook group a couple weeks ago that just stuck with me. One person was saying that they go on walks with their family in the evening and they listen to the show as they're walking, which is kind of cool. So it's cool. Hey, kids, if you're listening to the show while you're walking right now, <laughs> hey, enjoy your walk. But they were talking about how they would launch into deeper discussions as a family about discipleship. That's so cool. And it's so encouraging. And it's just something that I can be doing better at. If I really got to the end of my life and I instilled in my daughter a love for the Lord, I'm super happy about that. Yeah, and the teaching moments are just everywhere. They are. If you can find the time and make the time to just engage a little bit, it often brings some really interesting conversations. It's just really cool. Yeah. Okay, so proverb number four, a little bit of a different one. (laughs) It says, prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Okay. (laughs) So it's just another way of saying first things first. Here, the literal instruction is to plant your orchard and garden and do that work outside to feed you before you go and build your house to live in. Mm -hmm. And we could broaden the application to say, don't get married and start a family before you have a way to provide for yourself and your family which is good advice. But I think you can go broader still and say there is a priority on nourishment on our food before our furnishings and our house and the stuff inside. And I think it applies spiritually as well. We can fill our lives with lots of furnishings, but are we being fed? Are we making sure, as you were saying, our family is being fed, not just in our bodies, but in our spirits by the Lord? Are we filling our lives or are we feeding our lives? I honestly think that's why the scriptures so often talk about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Like this desire to really fill ourselves with God's word is equated so often with our need for food. The parallels there are just perfect. It's like you long for it, you want it, you think about it all the time. Our bodies are constantly reminding us of that. You've got to have your food. You've got to have your spiritual nourishment in place before you can do anything else. Yeah. So our third segment here on the episode is Through the Week. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. So here we are. We've got five challenges that we're going to be doing along with you. And we're talking about here dedication and establishing priorities and making sure that we've got all of our ducks in a row in order to fulfill the Lord's requirements in our lives. And so the first challenge is a reading challenge. And what are we reading this week? We're reading Luke 10, 38 to 42, which we talked about earlier, Mary and Martha. We're reading Matthew 6, 24 to 34, Mark 12, 28 to 31, Joshua 24, 14 to 15, and Haggai 1, 7 to 11. And I love that Haggai passage. It's I know so it's one of it's, it's one of your so favorites. I, I've heard sermons that you've preached on this. I think that it really gives a challenging question to us. They were at that time focusing on building their houses while the temple, the Lord's house, was getting neglected. And that just really turns well to a question to us. Do I spend all my time building my house while the Lord's house gets neglected? 
And I think it's popular in moral households to speak a lot about family values and putting your family first. And when we serve God, we we give that time and energy to a healthy marriage and to the well-being and development of our kids. But it's also easy for family to become an idol. When we think about the piano lessons, the soccer practice, the quality family time and date nights and all this stuff that is important, it can start to seem as if it's more important in our lives than serving God together Mm -hmm. and building his house together. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenging things. And really, this goes back to the Martha question, because what Martha was so focused on doing was a good thing. I mean, who's going to say that family time is not a good thing or a date night is not a good thing, but is it the best thing? If we water down or dilute our relationships with our family and use that time in a way that's not really focused on the Lord and not serving him together, like you're talking about here, I I think, yeah, we can easily get distracted by it. And I think we can feel good about being distracted by it because we're quote-unquote spending family time. I'm not saying that piano lessons are bad or soccer practice is bad. Right. But is there something in those activities that's taking you away from better activities? And that's the question. And it's not to say that one activity is always wrong. Again, it's like, find the season for it. Is it the right time for it right now? Do you have the space for it in your schedule? Or is there maybe a better use of your time? And Those questions are not going to be answered by two dudes on a podcast. Those questions are (laughs) going to be answered by you thoughtfully sitting down maybe with your family and asking some difficult questions about whether or not you're really spending the best use of your time that you possibly can. Yeah, you don't have to say no to all that stuff. But if you're not saying no to some of the stuff, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to serve God. And that's that's a hard thing to tell people, too, honestly. Maybe you've turned off the podcast right now and you're not even listening anymore. But <laughs> if you want to continue yeah. listening, hopefully some of these other challenges are helpful for you and maybe clarify some of these things a little bit. The second challenge is a reflect challenge, and that's to ask ourselves a spiritual question, which is, what distractions steal my time and attention away from the Lord? If there was a thief that was constantly coming into your house every night, and stealing your stuff. I think you'd probably want to know like how he was getting in and why he kept coming back. We should be treating our distractions in the same way. So often, though, we're actually the ones who open up the door for the thief, and we put a big sign in our yard that says, Welcome intruders, I have all (laughs) the stuff for you to take. That's what we do with distractions so often. And for me personally, I mean, technology is a big one for me. Over the past year, I've started to use this app, though, on my phone because we've talked about time sinks and these time vortexes and things. You just like all of a sudden it's like an hour later and all I've been doing is like staring at my phone and I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. But I started using this app and it's called One Sec. Oh, we'll put a link in the show notes. But Hmm. anytime I open up an app like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or my email or anything like that, anything that I find myself just constantly staring at, my news app, it prompts me with a question for 10 seconds and asks me, how am I about to bring God glory? For 10 seconds, I just have to sit there and think about that question. How am I about to bring God glory in staring at this app or going into my email or whatever it is? I've kind of like hijacked my own phone to be not as usable and not as convenient 
And so often I'll just reflexively open up Twitter and flick it away. Like, I, I don't even need to open it. Like, why did I even do that? That sounds like something I'm going to have to try and just <laughs> rewire some neural pathways. That's enough time to say a little prayer. Ten seconds. Yeah. That's enough time to just stop and reflect. Oh, yeah. So we have a doozy of a prayer mm -hmm. to pray, and it is this. Lord, clear out my life that you may rule it. That's good. That's a prayer that can change a life. We are pulled by so many things. Yeah. And it just makes me think, of course, of, of the third soil that Jesus talked about, the one that was choked out by weeds. And it's like he was talking about 2021, including... <laughs> <laughs> including Christians in this current age, including me, of yeah. course, that I have to take a weed whacker to my life constantly because <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've got weeds just all over our garden and these perfectly unsinful things often can just overrun me. So pray the prayer. Yeah. clear out my life. That leads us into our fourth challenge, which is a respond challenge. And we encourage you to take action by examining your calendar and your expenses to discover what it is that you actually prioritize and then edit and adjust to put the Lord first. Kind of like that sweeping across the table, just knock it all down and figure out what it is that you need to get rid of. And I could say a lot about my own finances and my schedule. This is something I've been thinking a lot about over the last year. And there's really, honestly, there's so much more ground that I can take in this area, but maybe not by adding more activities or spending more money on other things. But I, I really think like you were just talking about removing events or limiting spending. I think that's just as useful and maybe even more important today than maybe it's been in a long time. I think collectively, we've all gotten a recalibration of our time and our money recently, and it makes it a good opportunity to take a look and see, what are you spending your time on? What are you spending your money on? And are you spending these things in the right ways and in the best ways that you can? And for me, there's a lot of areas where it would be better if I just cut out some things or put some things on hold. And I love spreadsheets. You know, I love spreadsheets. And recently, I just sat down and made a big spreadsheet of all my expenses, all my recurring subscriptions and things that I pay for. And I, I kind of ruthlessly went through and eliminated a lot of that stuff that I just didn't need. I was thoughtlessly, mindlessly spending my money on. And I really just, I felt a lot better once I got done, honestly. It's nice to have data to examine. Mm -hmm. And without even building a spreadsheet, you have a calendar. You have your bank app that you can pull up and just look at what you're spending your money on. But just looking at a few data points can really bring out some insights and help us to see, wait a minute, I didn't realize I value that thing this much, but here it is. Yeah. So our next challenge is our reach out challenge, where we encourage you to ask someone a question for discussion. And the question for this week is, what do you struggle to keep in its proper place in your life? So we're going to ask each other that question right now. What do you struggle to keep in your proper place? Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's any secret for me that keeping family time in its proper place is one of the things that I struggle with the most. And it's something that in my daily journal, which I've been keeping up with regularly over this year, every day in my journal, I ask myself this question, what could I have done differently to make today better? 
almost without question, one of the answers that I give is I could be spending more quality time with my family. I I do make sure that I keep work and life in balance. I go to work and I put in my time there and I leave work at work and I leave work at a decent time and I'm trying to be home at a decent time to be with my family. But even when I am with my family, is it quality time? So often, I think for me, the answer is no. I'll be at home and maybe I've just checked out on the couch or maybe I'm busying myself with some other project or something else going on and I'll be in front of a screen or at my computer or doing something else. Maybe we'll just be sitting there together, not really talking, just kind of watching a TV show. I mean, those are good times to be together, but am I present? Am I available? Am I engaging with my family? Am I enjoying our time together? There's just so much more that I could be doing in that area, just being with my family, taking advantage of those opportunities to study, to pray together, to sing together, to talk to each other about more spiritually focused things. I guess if there's anything that I really want to do this year is to be developing more of a habit of bringing those moments into a deeper place. I love that. I I think it's interesting how big of a theme family and family time has been in this episode. It is a really hard question. What do you struggle to keep in its proper place in your life? And my first thought was everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's cheating. (laughs) I know. You can't say everything. I know. I know. But it's proper place in life. Like everything just gets rejiggered all the time. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm actually going to say rest. And so, again, it's this other extreme from just going one side to the other on all of these things and and trying to define in a deliberate way what place everything should have in our lives. When I think about family time, I think resting time together. It's not like we're not together a lot, but we're running from place to place a lot or we're off to church and then back home. And then it's, uh, you know, we're here. But did did you feed the kids? Okay, I'll I'll get them something. And there's a lot of. I told you to clean your room. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much of that. And the time, like when we started recording, Adrian was sitting in the room with the kids and they were listening to, I don't know, Journey of the Dawn Treader or one of those things. And she's just sitting there and Evie's in her lap. And I'm thinking, why am I not in there more of the time whenever they're doing that? Because that's the rest time that we get together that's valuable. We do get to thrive whenever we're doing God's work. but We also need to be intentional and put continual boundaries based on our agreements and conversations as a family, based on the principles we think about. It is. I mean, it's a juggling act. I think what you're saying is just there's so much that we juggle. What we can talk about here on the episode is things that come to mind right away. But tomorrow, our priorities are going to change a little bit and things are going to change and our situation is going to change. And I don't know, there's just always like... I, I think I'm with you. Can I just say everything? Like, <laughs> yeah, Everything I struggle to keep in its proper place in my life because every day is different and every situation is different. And what is the right thing that I need to do now? What's the best thing that I can do now? You bring up this picture of juggling. And I heard recently this metaphor of all the things we're juggling. Most of the balls that we have up in the air are rubber. The work ball, it bounces and something drops for a second. You pick it back up and you figure it out. But there are some of those that are glass balls, Mm -hmm. our faith and our marriage and our family. You drop this, you really 
don't give it the attention that it needs and it can shatter and whole lives get shattered by that. Well, good. Now I'm thinking how delicate and fragile all this stuff is. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I just end this very uh, hard conversation on <laughs> one more downer. <laughs> well, everyone's going to have a different answer to these questions. So hopefully these challenges this week are insightful for you. And if you want to get into our Facebook group and talk about some of these things with other people and work through these issues that you may be having with some of these challenges, we'd encourage you to do that along with us. And so what are we going to be talking about on episode 102 next week? Well, we'll finish up our focus on dedication. And so the last aspect of dedication in relationship to others and community is our availability to others. If you're prioritizing things rightly, then you're going to have the space and the willingness to prioritize others, which we, we kind of touched on, mm-hmm. but we're going to dive deep into that next week. I feel like every one of these conversations, we touch on the thing we're going to talk about next week, <laughs> and then it, it just seems to happen. So I'm looking it's forward all to that connected. conversation. Yep. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the Bible Geeks podcast. You can find us on our website at BibleGeeks.fm. You can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or at BibleGeeks.fm slash 101. If you want to get in touch with us, reach out on our contact form on our website or on social media. We'd love to hear what you want to hear on upcoming episodes. And until next week, everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom. Shalom.